Native Rockstars Coffee Podcast with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Jonas. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about one of our favourite podcasts. Then, as it's almost Christmas, we're going to bust some GDPR myths that relate to the Christmas season. So, Kelly, you uh, were having a little look back through our back album of uh, the the podcasts that we've done this year and uh, wanted to pick out one of the favourites that we'd recorded and actually both of us fell on the same one. Yes, and uh, it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that we selected one that happens to have football in it. So episode 46 was about football um, and estate agent. And this was the one where Kevin De Bruyne used data. And as I said in the podcast, I thought this was amazing uh, to inform his contract negotiations with Man City. Once again, I'll reinforce the fact that I'm not a Man City fan. So, <laughs> but he, with his dad and his brother, who was a lawyer, he was able to demonstrate the impact that he has on the pitch, not just scoring goals, but in terms of the time he spent on the pitch, how much support and assistance he gives the other players. And he was able, with that, to be able to increase his weekly salary by £50,000, which is pretty special because I'm pretty sure that any agent would be saying, this is what I can do for you. And what he did was he got some data analysts to say, prove to me my value. And then he used that in his negotiations. It ended up being one of my most popular LinkedIn posts the most popular LinkedIn post I've ever done, which is quite cool. But I also think this is likely to be something that we will continue to see. Uh, like I said, on that podcast, both me and you continue to be um, fantasy football fan advocates. So yeah, it's not always... got any better this season <laughs> no. than it was last, to be honest. <laughs> no. Uh, whilst the data's there, my interpretation of it is failing to live up to its expectations. I'm too biased. <laughs> That's my problem. <laughs> I don't I follow wish. the data. I follow the Spurs' <laughs> optimism. Wow. Well, De Bruyne didn't do that. He definitely no. <laughs> followed the data. So it, um, it's just it proves the point that data can be an invaluable resource. And why do you think that particular episode and the story? Because I think again, it was one of our more popular episodes in the year. Why do you think they resonated and got so much traction? in social media and the attention what do you think it is that people saw within it that made them engage with it so much i think a lot of people most people would probably say data is quite boring whereas a lot of individuals and i know i'm not quantifying that in any shape or form so i apologize but there are a significant number of football fans out there a lot of them pay an obscene amount of money to have a season ticket and stuff they want to see their favorite player stay at a football club so i think it's interesting to see how they've made that happen and stuff so that's why i think it's popular because there are and a lot of the people that did like the post did clearly state that they were football fans even if they weren't a kevin de bruyne fan or a Man City fan it was wow okay that really shows that the power of something like this and most of them would also have used some kind of data in their fantasy football as well so I think it resonated on a number of levels because it's fun you know and that's what it was mm. able to demonstrate that it's like oh I didn't know you could do that whereas most yeah. people talk about ones and zeros and they're like oh wow that's not interesting <laughs> well it is <laughs> like, come on data is awesome so by me being able to demonstrate that through a story that people can really click onto, I think that's what that did. Plus, it was a Friday afternoon just before everyone's thinking about the football for the next day. Yeah, so. I'd agree. I think it's very easy for people to put data in a box of boring, very 
can be very dull, difficult to understand. And I think it's those kind of real world stories and the application of the use of data that, that bring it to life. And I think it's something that we always try and bring through into things like our training. It's things that we'll try and engage with people when we're talking about data because we know it's not everybody's thing or that some people are quite intimidated by it. And actually, mm. when you can think about the ways in which data impact stories that don't seem to have any relation to data at all, I think it can just bring home, A, how much data does impact on our lives now in this mm. this sort of part of the, the time that we're living in. Everything is so data-driven, even if we're not always fully aware of it and also the fact that there is the potential for us to constantly look at and review and harness how we can use data to our own advantage and I know it's a little bit of an anecdote but sort of always joke with people you know they'll sort of say to me you know people know I got married earlier in the year and people like oh did you have to postpone it or anything and actually I didn't because (laughs) I looked at the numbers from the previous summer when I was choosing when we were going to get married and then gave myself the best opportunity of not having to postpone and we were very lucky you know it's obviously a little bit tongue-in-cheek but I did use data to make that decision about when when would be a good time to look at holding a wedding and not have too many restrictions and luckily it did work out but you can use data in your own lives and I think that was the beauty of that story was the the fact that somebody had taken their information and used it to their own advantage to provide evidence mm-hmm. and really liked that and I think it, it's interesting because it linked in a little bit with um, a story that we then picked up on not too long ago I think it was back in October we talked about the footballers who are looking to take ownership of their own data in sort of mm-hmm. the lower leagues and actually challenging the fact that other companies using their performance data without their consent they're challenging that legally to try and get some benefit back from it in the same you know it's no different in a way to what Kevin De Bruyne has done he's got hold of his own data and used it for for contract negotiations there are other companies benefiting from players personal data and they feel that they should be potentially recompensed for that because it's data that belongs to them and why shouldn't they so it's going to be interesting to see how people become more aware of data that relates to them and their ownership of that data and how they can choose to use that within their own lives for personal gain to shore up their own position in the workplace maybe or have discussions with their employers about how they can do things differently or potentially get pay rises who knows there you go that's a nice way to kind of end that little bit of a a chat but no um you're, you're absolutely correct and the other thing we wanted to cover today because you know we are almost close to christmas you know two weeks away from the big day Uh, Typically this time of year, you get to see quite a few myths circulating on social media. There's a very popular one that has Santa Claus on it saying that, you know, he needs your data to be able to give children their presents, you know, whether they've been naughty or nice. And it's it's a bit of fun, which is I like, but people do also misinterpret uh, the law at this time of year. And we've certainly had people come to us say, oh, can I send Christmas cards? And we just wanted to reflect on um, a list that the ICO had issued. And there's a couple of things I thought might be useful to pick from that. So there was in Germany, there's a, a, a very popular activity where children will post a letter to Santa and will pull it on a Christmas tree. It's a traditional mm-hmm. kind of um, activity. And then uh, GDPR came into force and it was just like, oh no, you need um, a parent 
parents permission to do that because it's children's data they've got their name on it and whatnot and again what the the law is what or the ICO is just trying to say is let's just be a little bit sensible about this you know it's not being processed for any real purpose other than you know just a, a making the kid feel good you know a, a lot of it will come under a domestic purpose in this country so it's there's nothing stopping it from being done so don't use gdpr as a barrier from your child having a bit of fun <laughs> um, and i think Christmas. they did look they got round it very simply by at the point the child's putting the letter in here's the the parent signature saying yeah. it's fine but there's not going to be any significant data like you said so they've done something that's balanced and easy to implement it doesn't have to be massively complicated no absolutely and then there's the the ever popular one that we get in that christmas cards are banned if you don't have the recipient's consent we're just like <laughs> oh come on sending christmas cards is just a really nice gesture to send out to your clients so you, you don't need consent for that if you're sending it to your customers you've already got a relationship with them i don't think any of them are what well, i would hope that no one's really going to criticize you for sending them a christmas card the only thing you need to just have in mind is not to include any marketing messages in yes. your christmas card so it's a genuine happy yeah. christmas and that's yeah. it it's not happy christmas and by the way you can buy xyz <laughs> uh, so because if it, it then does cross into marketing and you have to bear that in mind in a corporate context but certainly just a genuine you know you're a client you're a contact have a merry christmas and certainly domestically you do not have to worry about sending a christmas card to people that are your friends because that's fine they don't have to you don't have to have a christmas card consentless <laughs> God. <laughs> the other one we get asked quite a bit about is oh, I can't film or take photos of my child's nativity um, or the school play um, and again the law doesn't prevent you from doing um, that um, most of what you're doing as an individual um, you it comes under the domestic clause of you're just taking a you're just taking video of your child at the nativity play if the school wants to impose any restrictions it won't be a data protection restriction it'll be a safeguarding um, issue that they're saying this is the reason why we're not going to allow it it won't be about data protection so I see no reason why you can't take that photo. It's a fantastic memory to have, especially when last year a lot of those plays wasn't able to happen because of COVID. So if you have that opportunity, do take the photo, do take the film. And if the school is using GDPR, say to them that's not the case and look at the myth busting uh, link that we will include uh, um, as part of this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the only thing to think there really is potentially where you share it. So yes. particularly if there are children maybe that do have safeguarding issues you just might want to make sure that any child that's not yours you blur their faces if you're sharing it on your own facebook or social media people want to do share with friends and family but it's then just about thinking about the other children involved but like you say yeah. from a data protection perspective there's um no nothing that states that you can't film no. or take a photo of your child at an activity play <laughs> and then the only final thing I really wanted to cover before we um, close out is obviously we are about to enter the, the frenzy of Christmas sales and New Year sales. Um, and as with everything, there are always people out there that are trying to take advantage of you. So just be really mindful about where you're going to be buying your Christmas presents, uh, where you're going to be spending your money in terms of sales. Check it's a genuine website. You know, if you're in lots of competitions, I know it's a favourite bugbear of Regina's, make sure you've got the blue tick. Just be cautious. 
Absolutely. And I think when you look at some of the smart devices as well, yeah. think, you know, in the Internet of Things, if you're buying smart tech for kids or presents that might have, you know, you can connect anything to the Internet. If it can connect to the Internet, there's potential for it to be hacked. So you want to be thinking about the security and what the potential risks are there. So just be mindful. And if a deal is too good to be true, it probably is. Don't get sucked in. Don't give your details away. Don't put yourselves and your family at risk. So that's a, a nice little wrap up for the week and another coffee podcast done for the year. As it's the festive season and we've just been talking about gifts there, we've got a little offer which might be of interest to our listeners. If you book two places on one of our training courses, you can bring another colleague along for free. So that's a great way to get your team's data protection knowledge up to date in the new year. And check out our website, which is dbxuk.com forward slash training for more details about the offer and the terms and conditions attached. If you've got any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss in 2022, do drop us an email on coffee at dbxuk.com as we'd love to hear from you and take the discussions forward. Do join us next time for more chat about the world of data and data protection. Mm -hmm.